Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. This is a section on the recommendations for the first night. For the first night, one of the biggest aspects of nikah is to basically consummate the marriage, right? Because that's a desire that husband and wife have, and this is the halal way of fulfilling that. So there's a, some people may feel that there's an urgency to do this. However, it is not a sunnah necessarily that on the first night that this must take place. And that, that's why you have to be sensitive. Because it's possible that you know, these last few days or weeks have been very, very busy for the couple. Right? Of course, once they are married, there's going to be a lot of enthusiasm. But a lot of the time, people are tired or whatever the case is. So all we're saying is proceed carefully, relax, get to know one another. Especially if you've done it in a halal way, where you've not basically had a taste of one another beforehand. Because unfortunately, there's a lot of cases where people get to know one another too much and they've been dating and they've done basically everything that what you're supposed to be look forward, looking forward to for your day of marriage, all that barakah is gone, right? So really, if it's a, a couple who've been trying to be righteous and so on, there's going to be an urgency, there's going to be a barakah and so on. Um, you want to try to break the ice, right? You want to try to break the ice, get comfortable with one another. And generally, if you've done your due diligence, if you found somebody who you think is compatible, you've made the inquiries, you've tried to understand the personality through other people and so on, and you've made a bit of investment like that, that then basically, once the nikah has been done, husband and wife become halal for one another. One of the things that you should avoid is you should not be playing hard to get. Otherwise, it could leave a lasting negative impression on the other. So if the husband just plays hard to get, or the wife plays hard to get, it's just not, you're halal for one another, you should basically be both giving it your full. Generally, the advice is women should not play hard to get, and men should take it easy. Because generally, those are the problems. Right? Obviously, when somebody is still a relative stranger, you may be a bit uncomfortable how far we can go, and so on. It's also possible that you may not know that the other person has had abusive upbringing. They've suffered abuse, sexual abuse or other kind of abuse and they may have psychological problems. So many marriages are, can be like that. Where, so you have to be careful. You have to help in that situation. And of course, there's the natural inhibition, the natural haya that somebody has. You don't expect on the first day just to reveal it all, as they say. Right? There could be a natural inhibition or a reservation at this stage. So you need to take it uh, feeling insecure and so on. So start praising one another. Praise them. Ease, make it easy for them. Make it comfortable for them. A uh, situation basically just needs care and compassion. Uh, understanding and patience. The focus initially should be a more of a psychological bonding. Developing confidence and setting down, nurturing the spiritual foundations of this spiritual union, of this important union, the spiritual foundations. Okay, these are specific sunnah recommendations for this night. And I think it helps to ease the couple uh, to a consummation as well. There's a hadith related by Imam Tabarani which says that the couple should offer two rakats of prayer together in congregation. 
So when you come together, whether you're going to a hotel room or your own apartment or your friend's apartment or whatever, however you want to do it, it's the first night, right? You first get together, do wudu, and you pray salat. Um, of course, the wife may not be in a position to pray salat at that time if she's on a monthly period or whatever, then the husband prays. She does some tasbih or whatever. Number two, then the husband is also advised to hold the wife's forelock, which is the, the hair at the front, and recite the following prayer. The wife can also make this dua. But because the Prophet is speaking to men, he said it to her. He said, Allahumma inni asaluka khayraha. And she would say khayrahu instead, right? Wa khayrama jabaltaha alayhi. Wa a'udhu bika min sharriha wa sharrima jabaltaha alayhi. And if she's reading it, she'll just change the ha to who instead, which is the masculine from the feminine. Basically, it just means, oh Allah, I ask you for the good in her or him and the good you have predisposed her to or him. And I seek your protection from her evil or his evil and the evil you have predisposed her or him to. So you're asking for the best. And this, this dua you do in so many places. In fact, that's the dua I made when I went first day to university. Oh Allah, I ask you for the best of this place and that it's been created for. And I seek refuge from the worst of this place and the worst that may be there. You say that for the wind, when the wind blows, oh Allah, give us the best of it, not the worst of it. This is a general dua you can make in all cases, but this one is definitely here, related by Imam Abu Dawood. This should, inshallah, keep the shaitan away and protect you from any ill that may come about. Number three, it could be a recommendation at this point to give a special gift. This is when I think, this is when I think the marital gift should be given. Not mahar, but a special, private, personal gift. There are these gifts that you have to exchange rings and all that. Those are all formalities, right? I don't know how serious people take them, but they are ritualistic. This is the real way. Nobody else knows what you're giving. It's just between you and her or you and him. Some, and preferably give something that they will remember forever, right? A box of chocolates will be eaten up. Right, a box of baklava, a box of uh, you know, uh, give something like a ring or something, huh? A book, a, a, a special book like the the handbook of a healthy Muslim marriage, <laughs> right? It's a good idea. Actually, a du'a book, right? Al Hizbul Adam, a nice Quran, right? A nice Quran, something, whatever, just something to remember forever, right? Generally, it's, it, otherwise it's not necessary, but it's just good, because the Prophet said. Give gifts to one another and that will create love. And this is the person you want to create love with. So use everything that the Prophet is encouraged to create love with. Now, if, if you're already married and you didn't do this, you can still have a special night and say, Let's do this again. Let me give you a gift. Okay? Just organize with your spouse that, you know what, we didn't do this properly. Let's do this, all of this sunnah. There's nothing wrong with doing Let's set a date. Next week on Sunday, we're going to do all of this. Or Friday, yeah. Friday night, Saturday, yes. The, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, yes, that hadith is related by Imam Tabarani and others and Bukhari and his al mufrad Number four, this is from the sunnah. The husband could also offer his new bride something to drink, a nice juice or something, or anything, even water. This is found in a hadith of Asma bint Yazid ibn Sakan, radiyallahu anha, who said that, she was the one who beautified Aisha radiallahu anha for the Prophet 
you know, you get the women in the community who does the bride up, right? The, the makeup people or whatever you want to call them. So Asma binti, she said that I beautified Aisha radiallahu anha for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa then called him to come and to see her unveiled. Remember they got, he only saw, uh, he, he got, he started living there three years afterwards in Makkah, in Medina Munawwara. So she was beautified for him and then he was invited to come and now see your bride, unveiled, because until now he was with the veil, right? He came and sat next to her and he brought a large cup of milk from which he drank, so preferably milk then, some good milk, some good nice organic milk, right? He then offered it to Aisha radiallahu anha, but she lowered her head and felt shy. She was very shy. Right? Asma radiallahu anha says that I scolded her, like I told her off, and I said to her, take from the hand of the Prophet So then she took it and she drank some. So if you do have a bride that is maybe a bit shy or extra shy, whatever, then her mother or somebody can be there to help her along, you know, in the initial meeting. Beautiful sunnah. Right. Okay, number, f number five. This is where nobody else should be there. Afterwards, obviously. Because if they decide to get intimate and make love, the couple then should first recite the dua of this. Special dua which is Bismillah. Allahumma jannibna shaitan wa jannibi shaitana ma razaqtana. You should memorize this dua. Because it's to be re recited every time the sexual intercourse takes place. It is very important because remember, this is all about the big idea of marriage, which is to produce children and the next generation. And you want to make sure you, 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 you do everything right to produce the best children. And part of that is finding the right spouse in the first place. And then when you do, then you want to make sure shaitan doesn't take, because shaitan is there to mess it up. Shaitan is there to cause problems right from the beginning. So what this dua means is in the name of Allah. Oh Allah, distance us from the, uh, from the Satan. And distant Satan from what you gra have granted us. So we don't want our child to be affected by the shaitan as well. And the Prophet ﷺ said in a hadith of Bukhari and Muslim that if the couple were to be, uh, if you read this, and the couple were to be blessed with a child during such a relationship, then Satan will not be able to harm it. So do not ever read. That's why in some cultures, the worst swear you can give to somebody is that you are beduaki aulad. Like your parents didn't read dua when they had you. It's a really bad dua. Okay? It's a really bad dua. We don't want to make that mistake. May Allah protect us. Uh, now, another point to keep in mind here is that it's forbidden, forbidden anytime, not just this night, anytime to reveal the details of your sexual intimacy with your spouse to anybody. All right? There's a, there's a weird custom among some people that they are pressured. So they pressure a person getting married like a woman or a man to reveal the de details of their first encounter. And they compare it with one another. Totally haram and wrong. This is a betrayal of your partner's trust. You've seen how people are doing suicide because their partner or somebody took shots of them in, a, in one of these intimate stages and published it online. All right? There are people who are out there, they're committing suicide because of this. So, okay, maybe you're not giving out pictures, but you don't want to even give, uh, uh, what do you call it, the details. 
amongst uh, the, the Prophet ﷺ said in a hadith, Sahih Muslim, amongst the most evil people according to Allah on the Day of Judgment is a man who has sexual relations with his wife and she with him, then he spreads her secrets. Likewise, if a woman does the same for her husband. In another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, do not do this, for it is like a male Satan who meets a female Satan on the road and has sexual intercourse with her while people are watching. So to tell them afterwards about it is the same as if he did it in front of people. As a final advice, I just want to mention that do not, do not play jokes on one another on the first night. You don't know the other person properly enough and it could go wrong. There's one couple I know where the wife, a very innocent person, her friends that she trusted, told her to do a bit of a joke on the husband. But it went wrong. And that left a bad taste for a while. So do not play weird jokes. Don't listen to your friends on this day. Right? Your friends, be careful. Uh, one couple, uh, I know the, her friends told her that sexual intercourse, because when you've never had sexual intercourse, you may have just read a few things about it or whatever, then your friends may tell you things about it. She was told that it hurts. Right? And she later says that it had nothing to do with hurting. Maybe first time hurts a bit, but the way the friend had said it hurts. And she says, I didn't understand why she's telling me that because she'd read a few novels, some romance books, and they're enjoying it. So why is she saying it hurts? So don't be careful about what your friends tell you about this. Explore for yourself. Of course, it's helpful to know things from good sources, right? We actually do need more halal sources about the etiquettes of sexual intercourse and the ahkam of sexual intercourse because unfortunately most of the stuff out there is pretty much pornography right or close enough to be pornography if not absolute pornography so we don't have enough sources I think the only few sources we have is basically this book called the sexual etiquette etiquettes of sexual intercourse it's a blue cover book it actually goes very well with our blue uh, marriage book right handbook is blue this is the red, so blue and red generally go together nicely. It's by Mufti Muhammad, a friend of mine, Ibn Adam al-Kothari. Right? It's all about sexual uh, etiquette. Um, I have a chapter in this book, but I don't go into detail about different uh, different. I, I'm talking about sexual intimacy in general, the whole philosophy of it. Because what you have to remember that a lot of people, you have to take it out of, out of your mind that sexual intercourse in the right way is a, is a bad thing. It's not a dirty thing. Because we have so much zina and everything, it's seen as a dirty thing. Whereas in Islam, uh, sexual intercourse is considered to be a very pure idea. That's how children are born. That's how the Prophet ﷺ came into being. That's how awliya come into being at the end of the day. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Come to your field, your crops, from whichever way you want. Meaning everything, whatever is halal in in sexual intercourse with your, with your wife, with your husband, then and send forth for yourself. Then he says, Fear Allah and know that one day you're going to meet him. Know that you're going to meet him. Why talk about meeting Allah when you're having sexual intercourse? And the reason is that most people just think it's like this animalistic act for self-pleasure. But what you have to realize, as Imam Ghazali rahimahullah has mentioned in his book of Kasr al-Shahwatayn, that the benefit of the, the, the wisdom behind sexual intercourse is number one, procreation. 
it's good, it's wonderful that Allah made a pleasure in it. Otherwise, if it was just a task to create kids, to create children. But He made it that it's encouraged. One of the highest forms of pleasure is sexual intercourse, right? If it's done right. So number one is that. The second wisdom and benefit of the pleasure of sexual intercourse is that it reminds you of the pleasures of paradise. You know, the pleasures of paradise are supposed to be amazing. Allah has given us one window into that by showing us what kind of pleasures, personal pleasures you may feel in, uh, w- w- when you do this act. That's why for awliya, this act takes them closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For a lot of people, it's like sexual intercourse, oh, that must be like a haram act. That must be something that we just do like in, uh, guiltily. No. The right people do this and it actually takes them closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because they're looking for the right thing. They're looking for the right pleasure. And they're looking to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the sexual act needs to be a sacred act in, a, in the right kind of sense of it. We don't have time to get into that in greater detail right now. Some, some of this stuff is in, you know, is, is in, is I've discussed in the book. But basically, do not consider your relationship based on a movie, based on a Bollywood movie or a Hollywood movie, right? Or whatever movie or soap operas or whatever the case is. You have to learn from the sunnah to do it in the best manner possible and have your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and love will teach you uh, uh, the, the best ways of its etiquettes. So let us uh, stop here for a while.